Hello. Hi. And welcome to another episode of Good. Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. What's that? Huzzah. Huzzah? Yeah. Are you saying huzzah because I gave you time to say hi back? Exactly. Just rolling straight into it. Yeah. Not I was, being flustered. I was thinking about that recently. I don't know, maybe a, a couple weeks back, because I think you had done a similar thing yeah. where I, I paused and gave mm-hmm. you time to say hi, and then you, you know, gave me your pat on the back, I guess, um, for, for pausing. Yeah. And I was thinking, what a son of a bitch. <laughs> this whole time, not only does he just try to fuck it up at the beginning for no good reason, but also then you condescendingly <laughs> congratulate me for not allowing you to fuck it up. <laughs> so at least we're getting that explicit rating right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, I was congratulating you for finally doing it the way I thought it should be done. Uh, see, but I don't think that I'm greeting you because i greet you when you walk in the door i'm not greeting you now mm-hmm. i greet you when you come to my house i'm greeting the listener right now because they're just now turning it on hi exactly. listeners and i'm letting the listener know that brent's here as well uh, so so you're also greeting the listener in my own way yeah uh, okay so then ski is just being the asshole exactly. in your opinion by not saying hi to the listener. exactly they're in suspense they're like is ski here this week well, I don't keep the suspense up that long, at least. <laughs> so the edge of their seat doesn't get too much of a workout. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, today we are going to be going over... I am here, by the way. Oh, yeah. Ski, ski is here. <laughs> and, and as you know, Brent's here, Ski's here, and I'm Alan. And uh, today we'll be doing Season 3, Episode 5. Yeah. Uh, nothing to Fear But Fear Itself and mm-hmm. Brent Interruptions. But uh, I thought before we did that, I would go over just a couple, you know, little <laughs> fun stats with you about the podcast. Okay. Uh, we have now hit 4,000 listens. Hey. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, our first 1,000 took 158 days. Mm-hmm. Second 1,000 took 74 days. Third 1,000 took 70 days. Mm-hmm. And this last 1,000 only took 54 days. Nice. Yeah, so we're, we're on the nice, uh, still on a nice upward yeah. trajectory. So we're about a month away from 5,000? Uh, hopefully. You know, if it goes, I don't know, a month... It, we haven't gone quite to that clip, but I'd say yeah. maybe a month and a week away. Oh, five weeks. Yeah, yeah. something like that, hopefully. Uh, and uh, we to this April Fool's prank you play on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, We're not quite exponential growth, but we're working on it. No, I don't think it'll ever be exponential <laughs> at this point, but as long as exponential it's steady. Exponential growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do have a uh, list. Depends on the exponent, Alan. Well, that's true. <laughs> the podcast is <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I would say that our podcast is a square root of a better podcast. <laughs> but, I, I was going to say our podcast has a long tail, much like ski after this Taco Bell in an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and since we're, uh, you know, probably going to be here a little while, we may get to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. But uh, anyways. Something I, to look forward to. So I thought 4, I'd mention 4,000. Yeah. yeah. It's and like I, Hank Aaron numbers. Mm-hmm, yeah. We're getting up there. My goal was 10,000, and I feel like we're definitely on a trajectory to uh, shatter that, actually. Yeah. Hopefully. You mean for the life of the, the show? Yeah. I thought if we get to 10,000 listens, that would feel pretty good after, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. Because this, at this point in the real world, season two, the finale just uh, was, was this week's episode Ooh. that they listened to. You lucky bastards. Got a little dooley in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got to hear how two accurate um, <laughs> Raiders <laughs> gave, and then you. But uh, I thought I'd also mention we got two new states, um, oh, nice. Mississippi and Wyoming, have now been represented. Oh. We've gotten at least a listen from each of those two states. Yeah. Still got four left to go, Alaska, Delaware, Hawaii, and Rhode Island. So mm. if you're out there listening and you know someone in one of those states, mm-hmm. you know, tell them to take a listen to this podcast so we can round out our 50. Particularly if they attend the Rhode Island Institute of Technology. 
Are you a big fan? Big fan. Okay. Is there a reason? Yeah, but I don't remember why. Okay. <laughs> Somebody went there. <laughs> I imagine that probably can be said for a lot of people, but, yeah. but someone who you appreciate apparently. Yeah, yeah. Went Somebody there. who is it because it's writ? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, we got three new countries represented as well. Oh, nice. Uh, Brazil, Singapore, and Kuwait. We've gotten a listen from each of those countries. Wow. Yeah, the Kuwait one definitely. Well, Singapore as well. Um, Other side of the country, yeah. yeah. Or the or world. The world. Right? Sorry. <laughs> Other side of the country. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I thought I'd mention that. And then I know, Brent, you always like to know when we get any new feedback or whatnot from, okay. uh, from a listener. And we did not get any messages this week, okay. but we did get our our seventh five star rating on uh, on iTunes, nice, and our second uh, review on iTunes, nice, yeah. And with it was words? A, what's that with words and everything? Yes, with words and everything, nice. Um, so this was uh, the review that we got. It was quite nice from Trisha P. So hopefully okay. Trisha's Thank still you, out Trisha. there listening. Thank you, Trisha. Says, I'm dedicating this episode to you. There we go. Um, said my first time listening to this podcast. Which, that which is. episode was it? Uh, well, just overall general. It was last Sunday, so I'm assuming that this would have probably been episode 25 okay. of season two that she was listening to. Paul Dooley brings him in. Well, it was before Paul Dooley. Oh, okay. Paul Dooley was 26. Oh, so okay. gotcha. I'm sure though that she, you know, continued to enjoy yeah. uh, once Paul Dooley came around. Just should be. Um, <laughs> but she said, uh, "My first time listening yeah. to this podcast. That is, as a resident Golden Girls nut, I enjoy all things concerning the awesome foursome." I laughed for a straight 20 minutes at butt stuff, which I think <laughs> Blanche would have approved. <laughs> On subject, off subject, and hilarious sidesteps, this podcast is a winner in my book. Wow. Signed, G. Chi Girl from Chucktown, South Carolina. Nice. So, yeah. Thank you, Trisha. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Um, haven't heard from Numi recently, so hopefully we'll get a you know message from her yeah. here in the near future. Have you future. guys ever hopefully been to South like... Carolina? Yeah. Uh, I've probably been through it, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever... Uh, ever had the opportunity to actually visit south that's carolina that's where uh, myrtle beach is right yeah that's, yeah that's where i got my uh, oh okay yeah. my uh, my jellyfish sting. oh that was where <laughs> that incident was from that's great but uh, it was it's, it's beautiful i love myrtle beach mm-hmm. i spent a uh, been to myrtle beach when i was a kid and uh, about two years back i spent a weekend in columbia south carolina okay seeing a buddy of mine who lives there oh, okay. I, uh, I feel like i vaguely remember that yeah um, it was a good time um, i really really enjoyed columbia south carolina very nice. Um, it struck me they've got a pretty cool state flag too in the Blowfish. It's they've the got, Palmetto State. Yeah, they yeah. got like a palm with a, like a, a crescent moon or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Islam, but it's no, kind of no. close. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Trisha P review butt stuff. So like, <laughs> who said that? <laughs> well, I think the butt stuff was when we were talking about what the kids today are doing. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. So I believe that's what. Um, that's what the, she is referencing. The uh, expectations that are somewhat shifted from when we were children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, gotcha. Which I do think that was a, a fun conversation. So, it was. yeah, I'm glad that we I'm laughed. Glad. We learned. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't really learn. We laughed and conjectured. But <laughs> so, thankfully, we didn't learn. <laughs> so, um, but I did want to mention another thing. So this is not at all related, but just a little housekeeping um, from a, a couple episodes back. I was editing. Okay. I want to say it was uh, episode two of season three. Okay. Um, so pretty recent episode. Yeah. And you had mentioned how you were watching a program that yeah. you thought Kim Fields was on, and you were impressed with how well she had held up. And I said, oh, who was it? And you said, oh, it, it turned out it was Cheyenne Jackson. Which is a dude. Yeah, it is a, it's a white dude. <laughs> yeah, here, here's Cheyenne Jackson. I learned that after the fact. I believe you were referring to Char Jackson. I was. 
<laughs> How do you get that name wrong? Yeah. <laughs> well, her her full name is Charisse. So yeah. if you saw Charisse and Cheyenne, and, yeah. and looking at that picture, there's Charisse. You know, I would I do say yeah. that there is a similarity. Yeah. So like, like a week after that. Um, I can see it. Yeah, that makes the, more sense. Yeah, nice. um, the AV Club did a random rolls with Cheyenne Jackson, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, so that's the cast member." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought about saying something. I was like, "Ah, eh, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's past us now, yeah. right?" It's so yeah. It's I good that Alan dredged up though. <laughs> so. Yeah, Cheyenne Jackson, in case anyone's curious about who that is, he was in a, a lot of the episodes of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah. probably the thing that would be the most widely seen that he'd recognize yeah. from. Um, I And I didn't even recognize him, but he was in Watchmen. Oh, really? The recent HBO limited oh, okay. series. I heard good things about that. He, have you, have really you guys good. watched He it? was Hooded Justice. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, so he had a hood on most of the time. Right. But yeah. Yeah, that was a good series. I would definitely recommend that. Is it that. still on? It's, it's still Well, it's new, HBO, new so I mean, it, it's not, I think it's just a one and done kind of a series. Okay. Uh, but still wor- very worthwhile for the 10 episodes or whatever that it was. Big fan. Is it connected at all to the movie or is it loosely kind of? It's sort of a re, like it's a, its own spin on it. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it's kind of like post-movie time in a way, but like Brent said, it's it's almost in kind of a mm-hmm. an alternate, alternate yeah. But still, absolutely well worth it. I just wanted to know if I if I do watch if I should watch the movie again, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think there's any harm in watching the movie yeah. again because it's it a doesn't good movie. Necessarily yeah, directly, uh, doesn't, doesn't directly seen, tie into it, is what you're saying. No, yeah. Sherry hadn't seen the original uh, or hadn't seen the movie, and yeah. I don't think it was lost in her at all. So we snuck in to see the movie. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Was it after <laughs> like we watched one movie and then we went over to that one? No, um, we had free passes to see Superman. Oh, okay. And then we went to the other theater instead. And the guy was like, but you won't get your Superman poster. He was like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> do you remember that? I vaguely do, yeah. yeah. I remember, what else did we sneak in? We went to see the IMAX of something one time. Yeah, I remember that was a really tense situation, too. Yeah, like the guy was like, you guys got your stuff? And we're like, no, and he just let us buy. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? We did pay to see a movie. Yeah. We just paid to see like the, the non-IMAX version of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that I was, can't remember what it was though. Yeah, me either. It seemed <laughs> Maybe weird too. An Iron Man or something. Yeah, something like that. But and we aren't we weren't kids. <laughs> we were adults. <laughs> yeah. We were in our thirties <laughs> when these things happened. So yeah. I don't know. That probably says still something. kids at heart. Yeah, and that's why AMC is bankrupt. <laughs> right, <laughs> because of us. It's not exactly. the pandemic. It's exactly. I like to think that um, you know we were just pioneering the. Uh, the Stubbs program. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, I gave him 12 bucks. I can see unlimited movies now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know Ski and Nicole were part of that Stubbs program. I was for a couple months yeah. just through the summer. Like we, we saw a lot of movies yeah, in you, that time frame. I think that if you are a single person or, we'll or a childless yeah. couple or, in their case, adult child couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like. They're not childless, but their oh, child is an adult, so they oh, have. I thought you meant they were adult children. No, well, I mean, that's not inaccurate, but <laughs> that's not the point that I Both was... are true, Brent. <laughs> if you are people that have limited obligations, mm-hmm. then I think it's a yeah. great deal yeah. if they bring it back, you know, once yeah. the movie industry is back to normal, but... Yeah. But otherwise, it, it's it's tough. It's tough to fit in three movies a week. Yeah. Well, and obviously you don't have to, but, I mean, you get your money's worth. You'd see. I it, think one, so one a week if, you're if in you, good yeah, shape. But. If you see, because I think you can do up to three a week. Yeah. But generally speaking, they don't enter. 
produce new ones that frequently yeah, unless well, there's a big weekend or something. And my, my thing is once you got past the summer, then you'd be looking to see things that you're like, well, I don't really care, but I want to get my money's worth. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll see this movie <laughs> that I would have been fine with waiting for Redbox. I mm-hmm. would say it worked out really well for us because it was a period of time when uh, Nikki was working a lot more mm. and we had differing hours a lot. Oh, okay. So if there was a night when I wasn't going to do anything, like I was home alone and stuff, Ooh. Alexis was, you know, either working or out of town or because she was in school and stuff right. for the time, uh, I would just go see a movie. It was an easy drive to get there. Yeah. Right. I wasn't doing anything else important. Yeah. Might so. as well go see Boss Baby. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, I never did see that, but uh, I've heard bad things about that one. <laughs> I didn't dislike No, no, it. not Boss Baby. I'm thinking Baby Geniuses. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's older. That's way yeah, older. Yeah, yeah that would have been. So Boss Baby is the animated one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boss Babies I enjoyed. Baby Geniuses I don't think I ever saw. Baby Geniuses the podcast is a fine podcast I'd also recommend. It's I don't like, even know what that is. Oh. I, I know what a podcast have is. Have you listened to that podcast? No, but oh. I just I heard today that we have podcast competition. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you mean, like another Golden Girls podcast? No, 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 just another new podcast in general. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> one more. <laughs> Might as well pack it in. <laughs> so we'll see if they make it, you know, fifty three mm-hmm. episodes or whatever we're up to now. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways. So yeah, with that, uh, I think that covers all the little business that I wanted to yeah. to address before we kicked it yeah. off. So Thank you, Trisha P. Again. Yeah, definitely Indeed, I appreciate so. that. And Ski, if you want to go ahead and kick off our uh, our recap, uh, we're ready well, for you. I'm on it. All right, Season 3, Episode 5, Nothing to Fear But Fear Itself. Uh, the original air date was October 24th, 1987. This one was written by Christopher Lloyd and uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Are you not going to tell us, Brent, that it's not that Christopher Lloyd? No, it is the Christopher Lloyd for like Modern Family and stuff. Well, I know, but normally you tell us that it's not the Christopher Lloyd from... Uh, it's Ski that always says that. I think he's right. Oh, I is it? It's is oftentimes it I, I didn't say this time. I tried to hold back. Oh, just, well. <laughs> did you want me to say it? Well, now it's already been said. <laughs> so I could restate. It's not the Back to the Future. Marty! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to steal his bits. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't steal my introductory high. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Because I'm an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't steal this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you hear something that sounds a little bit uh, like, oh, is there some static? Is there something going on? It's probably Brent's fidgety fingers on the mics, but uh, he's trying his best, and I appreciate that. We're so Thank proud. You. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, so we're out October 24th. Uh, Christopher yes. Lloyd. 1987. Christopher Lloyd written by and Terry Hughes directed by. All these season, yep. Uh, we open in the kitchen. Uh, we see Sophia is removing a lasagna dish from the oven. When uh, her daughter Dorothy enters and asks what she's uh, making, <laughs> I'd been confused about the familiar old age. Yeah, yeah I don't want to confuse that. That's yeah, so. Finally, put that to rest. <laughs> We've been arguing about that for three years. <laughs> it's like a lot of them call her Ma, so we're just not sure. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, Sophia enters uh, or answers that she's making history. Uh, in response, Dorothy asks, "You finally perfected your non-rolling meatball." <laughs> But uh, then Blanche enters and asks what smells so good, you know, besides herself. Right. Sophia explains that uh, she's making a dish to enter into the Daughters of Italy cooking contest. Seeing how uh, they're both kind of swooning over her creation, she gives them both a taste of the lasagna. They both tell her enthusiastically that it's delicious. But Sophia responds that it's garbage. Uh, when she, uh, and then they ask why she, she would say that. She tells them that she watched their faces while they took a bite, and neither one of them gave her the look. But they each only got like a 
half of a fork full of like yeah. sauce. Yeah, it was very little. So I mean, I think that's an unfair expectation that they mm-hmm. would be blown away yeah. without even a full, you know, full <laughs> forkful. No noodle, no cheese, right? No, nothing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sauce is a super important part, and I imagine for mm-hmm. Sophia, that's the way that you know, like what she really does is yeah. the the making of the sauce mm-hmm. but still yeah you need to have it with all the other stuff to know the full you know mm-hmm. the full good of it do you think sophia makes her own noodles and stuff i mean that's I mean, possible she's from, she's from the old country yeah so. that's true i actually watched a little bit of those cooking shows mm-hmm. just enough to, to know like some of the uh noodle making process is very uh arduous yeah i imagine so yeah, like roll it out and stuff and then for lasagna i imagine you got do special stuff to like crimp the corners or something or the sides rather. Yeah, I'm sure that if you're someone who's actually making noodles from scratch, it's uh, quite a pain. I can't imagine, and maybe someone would disagree, but I can't imagine that it would be worth it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever eaten a pasta and felt like, oh man, these noodles? Like, yeah, the sauce is fine and all that, but the noodles is what's really making it. Yeah, I feel like once you put the sauce and everything on it, that that's gonna you know dominate <laughs> the flavor. Um, and I would think that like you're. General. I think really good noodles might add, enhance it. Maybe, yeah, but, but, but not to the not point. To, yeah, it's not, not to the point of legendary. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick, yeah. I misspoke. It's not the Rhode Island Institute of Technology. It's the Rhode Island Institute of Design. Oh, okay. So rid. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, and that was where the talking heads formed. Oh, okay. So. So you're just looking up. up for famous people in Rhode Island, and then you eventually figured out that it was the Talking Heads and the Rhode Island Institute of Design? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were able to you know, make your way to that conclusion. Yeah. And I'm sure glad, too, that we didn't get all those angry letters and uh, messages from people from, from the Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah, because yeah, they'd been like, Rhode Island Institute of Technology? What the mm-hmm. hell are you talking about? A bunch of angry roadies. Yeah. <laughs> the Does that also exist, though? <laughs> Well, you know, actually, we aren't going to get any messages from them since nobody from Rhode Island has listened to the exactly. podcast. That's yet. what I'm saying. If anybody <laughs> out there knows anybody from Rhode Island, especially the Rhode Island <laughs> Institute of Design and or a talking head, <laughs> <laughs> tell them to give us a listen. Yeah, I'm sure they don't have anything better to do. <clears throat> so, Now, do you want it to be do you want it to be a talking head from the band or just any talking head from like a political show? <laughs> Any but Max Hedrum, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you don't want that? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she gets upset that they don't give her the look that mm-hmm. uh, all cooks kind of dream of seeing. Uh, that signifies the person's tasting, the, the food that they're tasting, uh, they've been transported to a food paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have total instant pleasure. You ever had eggplant parmesan? I don't think so. At least not that I recall. It's really good. Um, have you ever had the look, do you think? Have you ever eaten something that made you feel like you were transported to a flavor paradise or yeah. whatever? Wait, to- like yeah, total I- instant pleasure is a quote. Yeah. So, so that's something I've cooked for other people, mm-hmm. and then they give me the look? No, I just mean, have you ever eaten something that you felt like you were immediately like, blown away by? Oh, yeah, yeah. The last new thing that I ate that I was like, where has this been all my life? Was the um, the uh, what's what was it? It was the um, Portillos. No, <laughs> no, it was um, it was like the grilled cheese burrito from Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Yeah, wow. really. Um, but you have to add jalapenos to it. Oh, okay, and that's what what mm-hmm. takes it up a notch. It did. Um, it took it up a notch. I didn't the first time I had it. I added jalapenos mm-hmm. to it, so I don't know what it's like without those. Oh, okay. But I think that's probably like the last new thing that I tasted that I was like, oh wow, where's this been all my life? 
Yeah, this is going to really sound bad for our table here, but I would say that the last thing that I had, the only thing I can even honestly remember having that gave me that feeling mm-hmm. on the first fight was a fast food thing also. We're aficionados, Alan. Discerning I definitely want you to finish and everything, mm-hmm. but in our defense, it's not like we're in the era where you can go out to sit-down restaurants. Well, that's true, but you that's know? only been the last year, <laughs> and I'm saying in my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I can remember offhand just feeling like blown away with on yeah. the first bite was the cinnamon apple crisp um, yeah. seasonal type dessert that they have mm. at Arby's. Yeah. But they didn't have it this year, so I burned down three Arby's. Yeah. But it was worth it. They were full of people, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because it's <laughs> pandemic, so it's okay. Not, not even employees? Well, the employees, they might have, but they should have done something about it. <laughs> That's right. They didn't, they didn't do their part. Their part. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Because I like apple desserts in general. Like that's probably my favorite yeah. type of dessert is apple based desserts. Yeah. And uh, fucking Starbucks didn't have the uh, Washington apple pound cake either. I don't know if there's an apple shortage or what, but yeah. the world is definitely not on my side when it comes to apples right it's now. It's very possible. Yeah. yeah, I take it back. The last thing, because this was after that, um, when I was in Topeka, um, the Monsoon Grill. They had some tandoori chicken mm. that was very, very good. Okay. So for our listeners in Topeka, Kansas, check out the Monsoon Grill tandoori chicken. Okay. They offer it for takeout, so you can eat it alone in your hotel room. Okay. That's what I did. Oh, very nice. Well, so now at least that's a, that's a little more up upscale mm-hmm. than our fast food yeah. suggestions. Classing it up a notch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they got the new build your own $5 box at Taco Bell. Oh, really? Yeah. But I think like one of the things is either like the cinnamon twists or the tortilla chips, and both of those are a rip. Mm, yeah, you know, I think you should be able to get like a soft taco or something. Yeah, I agree. Of those. Yeah, those are both awful deals. But yeah. anyways, sorry, Ski, you can go on ahead. No, I'm enjoying listening to it. <laughs> so after she, you're the only one. <laughs> Say what? I said you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, while you were talking, I was also trying to think of the last. What's the last thing that kind of blew me away? And I was like. Oh, I can't think of anything offhand. Yeah. I mean, I... You're jaded. Would generally say I eat pretty decent food. Like, I, I don't... I don't think I'm overly picky, but I definitely... Like, do you think most meals fall between, like, a six and an eight? Hmm. On a ten-point yeah, scale? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, well... Oh, no, actually, I can say <coughs> what I, one of the things that blew me away. So, my wife recently just got an air fryer, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so, we've been air frying quite a bit of things just to try it out. Yeah. And, uh, and this is super, you know, kind of lame, but uh, we made uh, crescent rolls the other day, just kind of wondering if it would even cook it right. Okay. So we rolled them out and put them in there, and it was only like, I want to say just uh, like eight minutes or something, seven minutes maybe. Okay. And they took them out, and it was some of the best crescent rolls I've ever had in my life. It was okay. just a regular Pillsbury. Yeah. Like roll up, you know, I'll go. Crispy on the outside pop, or something? Yeah, oh, they were perfect. <laughs> they were yeah, I mean that that the way that you just perked up even describing that, yeah. I, I believe you that it <laughs> gave you the look. look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his, and it was one of those things where you weren't expecting to be as good that yeah. too, like because yeah. we thought it would be all right. Yeah, maybe it's like oh yeah, it'll save us some time because we don't have to worry mm-hmm. about preheating the oven and stuff if mm-hmm. we want to make them for dinner. Yeah. But this was just like oh, that was a very nice yeah. surprise. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, well, the way you describe it, like if you if you toss them in the oven. They come out, you know, they're warm and soft and fluffy. Mm-hmm. But you're saying yours had a crisp. So it would yeah. be like an actual, like, croissant. Yeah, you know, yeah it was thing. like crisp on the outside and nice and fluffy and flaky on the inside. Mm-hmm. It was as they should be, I would imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, as they have them on Francais. 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 C, or I said C, but yeah. what is it? Uh, I'm sure they it? have Mexicans, too. We, oui, we, oui, <laughs> right? We, <laughs> we. Oui, oui. Okay. 
in Francaise. I never took French. Don't get mad at me. I, <laughs> I told you guys this story, right? I failed two years of French. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we got that one. So if you want to hear about Brent failing two Dig through the archives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's out there. Worth listening to. Eventually, I'm sure we'll repeat stories. But we're not quite far enough in that I think we need to do it yet. Yeah. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> a polite way of nipping me in the bud. We did uh, retouch on the bud stuff earlier. Well, yeah, that's true. But it was in response to something. True, we'll we'll true. revisit any story if someone sends in a message that, that references it or asks about it. So Fair enough. By all means, you know. Now that we know butt stuff gets five stars. <laughs> yeah. This may be the butt stuff podcast. That's the well we're going to. It's a dark well, Texas tea, but. <laughs> so you don't want to blame but yourself, Trisha P. Speaking of, uh, of uh, stuff like that, I don't know, in that realm, I guess. Uh, she talks about the total instant pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And then she follows up uh, telling Dorothy that, you know, your father gave me that look once. Dorothy responds, oh, that's nice. But Sophia protests, you know, after 52 years of marriage, that's not very nice. It's hardly enough. <laughs> yeah, we know, like, she had the one birthday where the two TVs were being purchased or whatever. Right. And she was like, and, you know, your father, you know, took care of business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, was that the one time? That may be. I don't know. Well, maybe she just has a really high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it maybe it was like, yeah, he was really great, but there's only one time that's shown above the rest. Yeah. So. Total instant pleasure, Alan. Right. But uh, IMDB actually caught an inconsistency here. Uh, pre- so this time she said she'd been married for 52 years. Yeah. But previously she stated that she'd been married for 45 years mm. in a different ex- episode. Yeah. So at this point, uh, uh, Rose enters and is shuffling through some letters. Uh, she tells the girls, you know, while she's on the verge of tears, actually, the male's here. They can obviously tell Mail. that. Uh, <laughs> they can tell that she's uh, upset. They ask what's the matter, and she tells them, you know, holding a particular letter. Uh, Blanche states the obvious that, oh, it's bad news. And Dorothy sarcastically follows up with, oh, that's eerie. I had the same feeling. Yeah, I thought that was a good Dorothy line. You didn't record my Laramie cigarettes head? No. (laughs) (laughs) How about my head for Lagos paper towels? Uh, Not that I recall, but (laughs) if if you were doing those while I was gone, then no, nothing recorded. But now I'll have to cut this out. (laughs) No, keep it in. No, I like it. It'll make no sense. (laughs) We, We had a pause. And uh. and we we were back. Yeah. <laughs> we had technical difficulties, <laughs> but uh, we, dro- we 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 showed the sign of the cuckoo bird, but nobody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> we pick up what uh, Dorothy's sarcastically saying that she had the same feeling that was bad news because you know Blanche, uh, Rose was on the the cusp of tears there. Uh, Blanche shoots her uh, a nasty look, you know, kind of, but kind of curious almost, almost to say like, "Are you making fun of me?" <laughs> we can't quite tell. Right. Rose admits that uh, her aunt Gretchen from Fort Lauderdale passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, confused by this reaction, they follow her and uh, yeah, they they ask you uh, if they were close, and she says no. Yeah. So now they're confused as to why she's so upset. Do you think this aunt Gretchen in Fort Lauderdale? It's her son that Rose supposedly takes to all these events. Um, it could be, um, but I don't know. At the same time, it sounds like you know from what she says here in a moment that there isn't necessarily a specific connection like that yeah so but it's a possibility yeah yeah rose explains that the the family responsibility uh shows that the eldest uh niece in this case her uh, has to give the eulogy and at the the funeral she goes on telling that you know she's terrified of public speaking 
uh, Dorothy tries to calm her down because you know she's getting even more hysterical as she's talking, uh, kind of thinking about the idea. By telling her that the trick is obviously the the whole cliche of picturing the audience naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose asks, "Really?" Kind of with a curious look on her face and saying, "You know, does that really work?" Dorothy goes uh, on to say that if you do it right, you may even start to laugh. At this point, uh, they're sitting on the couch. Blanche kind of is clearly intrigued by this concept. She sits down between both of them on the on the couch, starts to look them both up and down. She shrugs off after looking at Rose. But then when she starts uh, looking at Dorothy, she uh, starts to laugh kind of heartily. <laughs> Rose, seeing what's going on, she looks over at Dorothy also and uh, also starts to laugh quite a bit. Yep. And uh, at this point... Dorothy gets up, kind of uh, in the ridicule, and storms out of the room. And then we change scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see back in the kitchen, Sophia is now cooking again. Mm-hmm. This is kind of her shtick for this episode, where we see her mm-hmm. in bits, usually related to cooking. Right, <laughs> yeah. This time she's making veal parmesan, yeah. which she tells Dorothy, her daughter, you know. Right. Is <laughs> <laughs> her lucky dish. Uh, and that it saved her marriage once. Uh, Dorothy, you know, kind of sets the scene during the Depression when she and Sal were still newlyweds, yeah. having uh, their very first fight. Uh, Sal leaves, and uh, Sophia starts to cook. So like, she said it was like 1922, right? I don't remember, but that sounds right. You know, <clears throat> so this was 1922, and, you know, she says that, you know, and that's when uh, Dorothy was conceived or whatever, mm-hmm. which means Dorothy would have been born in, like, 1940. Or, yeah, she would have been born in 1922, you know, <laughs> maybe 1923. Yeah. Okay? So she would have been, you know, she would have given birth to her kids in 1940, maybe 1941, mm-hmm. which means her kids would be 46 <laughs> when this episode airs. Well, Michael looks really good for his age. <laughs> <laughs> But still, you know, a loser musician, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she says, you know. Well, yeah, but, it, you, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if we try to analyze all the... the yeah, their timelines are just Yeah, all, the timelines are by horrible. far their biggest inconsistencies in this show. I mean, yeah. we've talked many times about how... I, I don't really think it has to do with the fact that they've got so many writers on the show. I think well, they yeah. just didn't bother like, to, to set up a, a yeah Morton Nathan they just needed a three by five index card <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like Sophia born here <laughs> right well yeah it seems like there should have been a little like I know in shows now they have like a, a bible yeah, yeah exactly yeah like a little bible of the characters that gives you all the pertinent most important details about their lives you know date of birth and yeah. marriage dates and those kind of things it seems like that they would have had that back in 1987 but well they've got so many different characters with you know extended families and extended backstories and stuff, you'd think that that would be something that would, I would think, help the, you know, drive the, the plot better right. in some but cases. In a lot of cases, I think they were just looking for the uh, time or era that worked best for the joke they were trying uh, to make. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> Without particular care for how that worked out in actual math. So. It definitely seems that way in some of the things that happened. So. Yeah. But uh, a few hours pass, you know, and Sal comes back I'm, in. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, it just seems like if they could put... I don't know. They cared about historical accuracy when they were mentioning Fess Parker. Yeah. <laughs> like, why couldn't they have cared when it comes to mentioning <laughs> when a character is born? Well, that's fair enough, but... No continuity. Yeah. So, anyway. They have other continuity issues, too. Oh, yeah, it's rife with them. It's not their strong point, but, you know, they're there for the comedy, not for the continuity. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they have their fight, <laughs> and uh, Sal storms out, Sophia starts to cook. A few hours pass, and Sal comes back in, claiming that he couldn't find a cab. 
In a few hours, that seems. Yeah. I, I guess I don't know where they're at. She, yeah. I don't think she's. Is, are they in Sicily at this point? No, did she yeah, say? They're in New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Must be in one of the outer boroughs. <laughs> <laughs> or he's lying. Yeah, it could be. Maybe mm-hmm. he was just sitting out there watching her cook. Yeah, maybe he was catting around. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> maybe he wanted some beer with his hair. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah. They eat, the, they eat the meal that she cooked, and they sit there in silence until she notices that he's got tears in his eyes. Uh, he then uses his meal like a metaphor uh, for their marriage, saying that you know the veal is tough and stubborn like him. She is the sauce, hot and spicy, and the mozzarella is their love. It stretches, but it doesn't break. <laughs> Good thing she didn't make tuna salad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that analogy would have been not safe for work. Exactly. So. I like the way she always pronounces it mozzarella. Mm. Yeah, she yeah. does, yeah. And then, like... Her uh, her expression when she says, "But it never breaks." Yeah, yeah. she has uh, very uh, she's very animated. Yeah, mm-hmm, that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Caliente. <laughs> <laughs> she also tells Dorothy that uh, the lucky part is, as you said, she was conceived on that night, uh, but her father never realized it, or he'd never have eaten her veal again. Mm-hmm. Which you could take that to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a slam on Dorothy. Like I would understand if it was like, yeah, he didn't realize until I told him about it. It just seems like, I, I guess it would be her saying that he never wanted to have kids or that he just was Maybe. unhappy with Dorothy. <laughs> I, I was saying, though, that never eating her veal again could also be very, uh, like, a, a double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did Sal make that gave, that caused Sophia to have the look? I don't think she said, oh, it, it, love. So, yeah, whoopee. Um, <laughs> so. But just once. Yeah, That's, just the one time she had the look. In 55, or 52 or 45 years. One Somewhere the in that range. <laughs> Some people go longer with them never getting the look. Yeah, that's true. Some people never get the look in their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Rose and Blanche enter. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they enter the kitchen. Blanche is trying to convince Rose that uh, she'll do fine giving the eulogy. But Rose protests, citing a speech that she gave in high school. Blanche asks if... Uh, so basically she says, you know, do you want to hear about it? So Blanche asks if she'd follow them if they tried to run before she tells the story. Rose admits that she would with a somewhat saddened look <laughs> on her face. Blanche and Rose, you know, sit at the table with Dorothy, and Rose starts to explain that, you know, she was given a speech as uh, her high school's valedictorian mm-hmm. uh, and that she was fourth out of 19 seniors. Right. Uh, they are, of course, confused by the statement, and Dorothy asks, you know, how the how she was chosen as valedictorian. Rose responds that uh, the way they all all high schools do, they drew straws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was funny too, though, that like honestly, if Rose even taking out the valedictorian part of it, if she's fourth out of nineteen people, how dense are the other fifteen people that were behind her? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Fourth is, you know, still like the top 25% of her class. Mm-hmm. So it, it still seems like that, uh, yeah. I don't know, St. Olaf would have a bad reputation for their, I don't know, gullibility and, and other things <laughs> of that nature. Well, maybe she was good at book, book, book learning. Huh? Yeah, it could be. All that Just fancy so book learning. So yeah. not so much with the street smarts. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a line just a little back from that that uh, – I wanted to give a little extra examination to. Go for it. Um, it, it was Sophia, and I do not remember exactly the context, but I think it was during that Sal story. And she says, Dorothy asked her something, mm-hmm. and she says, please, does Heifetz rose in a, rose in a rose bow? Rose in a bow, yeah. Yeah, rose in a bow. Mm-hmm. And 
I was I had to look at the uh, like have the closed captioning on because mm-hmm. I did not know exactly what she said there. Mm-hmm. And so what she did say was, "Does Heifetz y- Rosen?" Heifetz. Yeah, mm-hmm. I looked it up too. Yeah, he's apparently a, a famous uh, violinist. Um, and Rosen he plays the fiddle. Yep, Rosen is a form of resin mm-hmm. obtained from uh, pines and some other plants, mm-hmm. and it's a can be used as a glazing agent. So mm-hmm. apparently, Rosen in I think it's rosin. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but apparently, the, you do that to your bow to, you know, make it play the, mm-hmm. play the violin better. I think does it does slicken it up maybe, or is it a protectant? Mm-hmm. Uh, both. both, both, and it um, it just makes it, you don't have to apply quite as much pressure. Um, Deeper, richer sounds maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it's one of those things that like when you're running the bow across the strings, they would have a tendency to sort of like it could go too fast or like slide or something. But the rosin gives it a bit of stick, so it's not. Well, and also, a lot of people don't realize the bow friction. is a bunch of strings going across. Yeah, yeah, it. It's yeah. not just one solid piece. Yeah. So, like, if you get like a slight like hiccup or something, and your it's your bow can raise up mm-hmm. off the string, and you'll miss the sound. But the rosin it'll help it adhere to it. Makes sense. Yeah. I saw. It's like Astro Glide. <laughs> <laughs> My little sister that played future. violin. <laughs> oh, did she? Yeah, so I knew a little of uh, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Yasha Heifetz was. So I had to look it up too. But yeah, well, it was but. just such an odd sentence <laughs> that I felt like. Well, I the, to. yeah, the context was uh, Dorothy asked because she said they saved my marriage once, and Dorothy I think said, "Is there a story in there, Ma?" And oh, she was okay. like, "Does yeah, you know, does Heifetz rosin a bow?" Kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course I'm going to tell a story, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> To her daughter. Yeah, yeah well, of course. But My 12-year-old um, <laughs> currently plays the violin. Oh, really? Yep. Um, but she's announced that she's not doing it again next year. So I only have four more months of payments on that. To <laughs> <laughs> get that drink checked now, are you off. guys are you guys running it? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's still one of those things that like, she's finishing up this school year. Mm-hmm. So I have to, you know, pay for it for second semester, even though, you know, it's not going to be the semester in which she becomes a prodigy. Right. You know, <laughs> but she did send, like, you know, a full school year. She stuck with it. Yeah. So that's, that's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. She has a basic understanding of, you know, musical notation and everything. And that's mm-hmm. important. So. Do you think she'll play another instrument later? Or? No, I don't think so. I think she's once and done. Yeah, I never played a musical instrument. It's something mm-hmm. that I, I regret a little bit. I kind of yeah. wish I would have taken it up. I wish I would have acted in you know school plays and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. But uh, I was a fairly self-conscious kid, and mm-hmm. also I don't know, probably adhered too much to at least certain stereotypes as far as band and things of that nature. Yeah. I wish I would have not. But I am. Um, I mean, I was in band and everything, um, but I just couldn't. Stereotype play. confirmed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I just, I failed miserably at every instrument I've tried to learn how to play. Hmm. Just not it, whatever coordination you need. I just don't have. That's well, surprising because you have such a, you know, deep love of music in I general. Like I understand it, you know, in theory, mm-hmm. but actually being able to do it, I can't. You know, well. it and it like amazes me. Like whenever I'm on, um, like a WebEx or something like that. And, you know, I'm sharing my screen and I'm typing and I've got, you know, 50 people watching me type. It's like, you know, I can type perfect. You know, everything's going good and everything. And some people sort of freak out if somebody's looking over their shoulder sure, while they type. Yeah. And I can do that. And I was like, you know, this is what Elton John does. You know, he sits there and he <laughs> plays perfectly what he's supposed to be playing. With it's the like, whole what? world looking at me. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, why can't I do this when I'm sitting at the piano? <laughs> right. nope, it only works if I'm just typing up, you know. <sighs> 
business words. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, business words. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry that, um, you know, your business words (laughs) is your, you know, your milieu, I suppose. (laughs) Elton has his his spotlight. You have your friend. It may be a dimmer spotlight, Brent, but... <laughs> the world needs everyone to follow mm. their role. Yes. Yeah. You, you you fill a specific niche. Yeah. That, you know, very yeah. important. Yeah. Yep. So, but now we know what uh, Brent brings to the table. <laughs> if, if you're out there looking for a, a, someone who can type under pressure. <laughs> exactly. That is good, though, honestly. Like, I'll be honest, like... Uh, there's been a handful of times where I've been like doing a presentation at work or something, <laughs> yeah. and I've been sending the. We've got a, a projector now. It's actually oh, yeah. a big old monitor. They've yeah. replaced it, but previously a projector. And if I'm leading mm-hmm. the meeting, sometimes I'll be typing. Yeah. I find that I make a lot more mistakes mm-hmm. yeah. when there's a group there. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm fine <laughs> when I'm at my computer up at my desk, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah see, I typically like to type my presentations before I start to give them, no, so I don't like, usually have to worry about that so much. <laughs> Oh. Um, <laughs> on the fly. That's the best way to do it, Alan. Freestyle jazz. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stream of consciousness. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And we get to the Q3 losses, Daddy-O. But do 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 So two things like, I think one of my top five favorite Simpsons lines of all time is when Lisa's at the jazz club. And... And dude next to her is complaining about the the performance, and Lisa says um, the melody is in the notes he's not playing, and the guy's like, I could have stayed home and heard the notes he's not playing, or <laughs> 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 something. Like that. It, was, yeah. it was really funny. Um, but back to your thing. So yeah, like I do my typing in advance, mm-hmm. you know. But then when I, you know, instead of when like you're demonstrating something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of, you know, sending it out to 50 people and then getting 50 sets of comments back, you know, I'll send it out and be like, take the next two days and then we're going to go over it on Thursday or whatever. And then we'll just go through it together and I'll mm-hmm. make sure everybody's on board with the change instead of like, well, Frank said it should be this and now Carl's unhappy with it and we have right. to go through another iteration. It's like, get everybody there and, you know, I'll type and they can argue and whatever they come up with and that's what I'll retype or whatever. Okay. So you're actually, because I forgot, a lot of what you do is like putting together training materials and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a collaboration of finishing this document. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Makes um, perfect sense then. Yeah, because it's not, it's very rarely am I the decision maker in the process. Okay. You know, I just need to document what the subject matter experts or whomever owns that process says the correct method is. Yeah, well, Ski is a quality assurance type person, mm-hmm. so, you know, that definitely... Uh, yeah, that hurt. sounds a lot like what we do. Yeah. When I'm typing someone, like what I was talking about from a presentation or something, mm-hmm. it's usually when we're doing a document update or something. Mm-hmm. Like if we decide something needs changed or mm-hmm. edited or something. Yeah. And I'm typing on the fly just to say, oh, okay, we mm-hmm. want to word this way versus yep. exactly. what it is now. Well, I, I definitely give you both the pass. I mean, I'm an accountant, so it would definitely wouldn't look good if I was like, okay, uh, let's see. Does this uh, document look good to you? Exactly. Does this look like what you're looking for? Okay, good. Everybody, everybody cool, I've put a 12 here. Yeah. <laughs> Any objections about to a 37? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're trying to, like, 13? Yeah. <laughs> Show of hands on who wants me to round five? up. Right. <laughs> Anyway, so where are we at on that ski? Oh, uh, 
Rose was just telling that she was fourth out of 19 seniors. Oh, that's right, yeah. And the valedictorian. <laughs> and uh, they were asking, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she shows that, you know, they drew straws. Uh, and then uh, she was primed to discuss, you know. Um, so basically, they, they even also ask, and you pick the, the longest one, and Rose says, well, I don't like to brag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was maybe my favorite Rose line of the episode. That was pretty good. And so anyway, at the speech, she was primed to discuss, you know, the big world awaiting the graduates. But uh, she kind of froze in front of the crowd. And since that time, she's been a- unable to speak to groups. Sophia says next time they should uh, try to make a run for it in reference to, you know, would she chase them right. if uh, they try to get away from her speech. At the very least, they <laughs> went opposite directions, then one right, of them yeah. would get away. So. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she said that she, that she should try to outrun her. Dorothy assures her that uh, she's not the only one with fears, though, and that once uh, she had to face her phobia as well. Blanche can't believe that the big, strong Dorothy could be <laughs> yeah. afraid of anything. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> she was, I think her line was, you, Dorothy, you were afraid of something? Big, old, strong, strapping thing like you? <laughs> and Dorothy claps back, who am I, Joe Frazier? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she tells him that she had to attend uh, her sister's wedding in California. Uh, but was terrified of flying. She got some uh, therapy, though, and it helped, apparently. Uh, Rose asked Blanche, you know, what, sh- what she's afraid of, and at first she says nothing, uh, but then details, like the, the fact that she had an odd reoccurring dream that she used to have. Uh, she was trapped in an enclosed space with a bunch of bald men uh, with the voice of God booming from above. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say that uh, one day she simply decided not to let it control her and ceased having the dream. She finishes by saying that, you know, it's just mind over matter and that Rose can do it too. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a, an error in words because in this case, it was a dream. So it was really mind over mind yeah. because there is no matter involved in the oh, dream. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But uh, they both tell Rose that, you know, she just needs to stay positive And uh, they convince her to go to her room and work on her speech. Uh, then later, she can practice uh, giving the speech to them. As soon as Rose is out of the room, though... Dorothy admits to Blanche that she'd hate to be in uh, her shoes and have to talk at a funeral. Uh, then Blanche kind of gets serious and asks, you know, what if she was giving her a eulogy? What would she say? Dorothy first kind of scoffs at this idea before Blanche presses her. Dorothy explains that, uh, you know, she'd talk about how lovely and generous she was and how uh, also, you know, she was a good, uh, what a good friend she was to her. Blanche, clearly not satisfied, basically forces Dorothy to talk about how uh, Blanche's uh, her prettiest friend, right? Because she <laughs> says, You wouldn't talk about my looks. And she says, Oh, I'd say you're one of my prettiest friends. And she's like, One of, <laughs> but uh, Dorothy then returns the question asking what Blanche would say at her funeral service. But Blanche kind of acts <laughs> indignant as well, uh, almost as it's a ridiculous question after just pushing her to answer the same thing. Uh, Dorothy points out the hypocrisy in the reaction. And Blanche relents, uh, and she states that she would tell people how she always felt uh, safe with Dorothy in the house. Yeah. <laughs> almost going back to the uh, big, strong Dorothy from before. Uh, and then she loved to talk to her whenever she'd come home from one of her numerous dates. Yeah, it was nice that she was, like, kind of turning it around to be a eulogy, uh, you know, like. <laughs> About herself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And she looked up, uh, she always looked up to her as as if she was a much older sister. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, these comments clearly do not sit real well with Dorothy, even though you know she feigns gratitude for the comments. Mm-hmm. 
Dorothy then gets up from the table and walks towards the door, adding that, you know, she would also uh, say that Blanche is fat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an excellent close to that. Uh, uh, that Blanche scene. stops eating her cookie and looks <laughs> just just kind of looks sad. Right. So that uh, it was funny that scene prompted me well let me give just a tiny little bit of backstory we were going to record last week but we decided not to because we had a winter storm here and the roads were very bad in our area and, and neither of these guys live real far away but it's far enough that you could certainly get into you know an accident or whatever mm-hmm. on your way here and prior to us deciding we decided okay we're not going to record this week we'll just do it next week instead mm-hmm. and part of the reason that i definitely agreed with that is because i had actually written eulogies for both of you guys oh, yeah. uh, prompted by this and i was like well <laughs> how ironic would it be if i had just written a eulogy for each of you and then one of you or both of you died and moved <laughs> into my house yeah. so yeah, i thought that just you'd just be ready yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so if you don't mind i'm going to go ahead and read the eulogy Absolutely. that i would have done for both perfect of you. perfect timing yeah because yeah. we changed scenes right now now i kind of regret now i wish i would have done a joint eulogy had died together right yeah and we're doing a joint funeral <laughs> <But> <laughs> as you do so all right so here are my eulogies this is going to be my one for brent uh you know were he to pass away sometime mm-hmm. near in the near future or i guess in the distant future perhaps but uh Brent and I became friends at work, where he asked me if I looked at porn on the internet and later tried to rip the door off the hinges while I was trying to enjoy a Saturday bowel movement. Even with these dubious interactions, we became fast friends and remained so long after our work paths diverged. Brent was the exceedingly rare person that I considered to be both funnier and smarter than myself, but yet still enjoyed being around. Usually my vanity prevents that, which explains why I typically hang around such witless dullards. Perhaps it was Brent's way of quietly stealing the show, the fact that he was a generous laugher, or the knowledge that I at least had my relative superiority at Euchre to cling to. (laughs) I don't know, but we made it work. Brent wasn't just funny and smart. He was also a good friend and a great father. He would take his kids to libraries, museums, classic movies, conventions, amusement parks, and all sorts of other things. It was just another area where he outshined most of the folks I've been around. On his way to the Pearly Gates, I'm sure he'll be listening to some unnecessarily long jam session by... (laughs) Fish or the Grateful Dead or one of the many bands I've never heard of. He will probably be chuckling to himself while thinking of a joke that's too highbrow for many to get, but perfection for those who do. I hope to get to see you again when I break the door off the great bathroom stall in the sky. <laughs> but until then, stay golden, Brent. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. Yeah, it is. Now I'll give you your ski. So hopefully I don't have to give this anytime soon, but at least I have it locked and loaded <laughs> if necessary. Now I will say in both cases, I would probably give some stories and things of that nature, but yeah. for the purposes of the podcast, I didn't want to go too lengthy <laughs> with it. I'd probably have a good 45 um, ready for either of you. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep it a little tight for the purposes of the recording. Exactly. So. You can also just play, um, you know, 20 minutes of episode 25 of season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just lots of butt stuff jokes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You guys are going to love this one. Right. <laughs> I have it on good authority that that stuff <laughs> yeah. it kills. Um, Trisha P. can't be wrong. Exactly. <laughs> but. Exactly. Five stars all across. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, so here would be Ski's eulogy. Okay. I met Ski on the first day of sixth grade. I was running late to school, and when I got into class, the only desk left was the one next to the new dorky kid. 
I didn't want to sit next to him then, and I'm glad I'm not sitting next to him now. <laughs> Ski was never known for his punctuality or the speed at which he completed projects. I, I hope I St. Peter has a smartphone or a book to read while he waits. I'm sure on his way to heaven, Ski will stop to help someone move, give someone a ride, complete a child's homework assignment, plan a party for someone, do someone else's taxes, help what? someone dealing with life problems, clean up a friend's house, build someone else's furniture, watch a 30-minute science-related YouTube video while sitting on the toilet, and probably admire something artistic. I don't know how you accomplish these things as a ghost, but I'm sure Ski will find a way, and that way, and that many of the solutions will involve cardboard. <laughs> At the time of his death, Ski had many projects that were at varying stages of completion. He never seemed to have time to complete many of his own projects, but he never hesitated to give his time, energy, and other resources he had to the people he cared about and even the people he barely knew. He leaves behind a legacy of kindness, generosity, friendship, and love that is unmatched in my limited experience on this earth. His boundless curiosity should keep God busy for a while, but he really should ask the Lord what the deal was with his preed braces teeth. <laughs> Until I hopefully get to see you again, stay golden ski. So, Man, yeah. that's really good. I feel so underprepared now. Yeah, well, all I brought was a synopsis. <laughs> wow, your synopsis is plenty. That was all the expectation. <laughs> I think that it's clear I'll outlive you both. So, <laughs> I do have a first draft of yours done. Oh, okay. Were you doing that just now? Yeah. As I yeah. talked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, again, first draft. Okay. So I need to polish it and. I also need to run a few details by Sherry because oh, okay. I could be off on okay. it. So, okay. Um, so on behalf of my family, I would like to begin by thanking everyone that is here today and those who have sent their condolences. We've received countless phone calls, emails, texts, flowers, meals, visits, and thoughts and prayers. They have been both comforting during this difficult time and have been a reminder of the impact that Alan had on so many <laughs> others. Uh, my name is Brent, and I'm Alan's niece and godchild. Alan did not have any children of his own, so his nieces and nephew were his children. As you can imagine, Alan has the coolest aunt any child could have ever had. She always had sporty cars with manual transmissions, horses to ride, free concert tickets, a wicked spin on the ping pong table, and a drive for adventure. Alan was full of life. He was feisty, and he was downright fun. Most importantly, he had an eternal love for his family. We weren't his only loved ones. Alan had a strong connection with the many animals he cared for over the years, especially his horses. Riding was a passion for Alan throughout his entire life. I can remember at a young age watching in awe as he would gallop across an open field bareback without a care in the world. <laughs> his horse and his pets were his family. Many people dress up for Halloween each year, but few go as far as dressing up their wiener dog as a hot dog, ketchup, mustard, toasted bun, and all. Alan became an exceptional runner who completed several marathons, which led him to qualify for the Boston Marathon twice. But just crossing the finish line wasn't enough for Alan. He chose to raise money for causes that honored those that had passed away before him. Oftentimes, if he wasn't preparing for his next marathon or riding, you would see him scuba diving, taking his family boating on the lake, or skiing. Alan found so much pride in his accomplishments as a businesswoman in the radio industry. His sense of humor, intelligence, and love of radio brought him a successful career and connected Alan to the radio family that he thought very highly of and spoke of often. So, again, I need to polish it, run a few details it's by sharing. Almost, it's almost 100% accurate. Exactly. <laughs> so, here's, here's what I'll say to your eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that you were trying to get it in under the, you know, to be ready as soon as, 
as soon as I was done or pretty close to it anyway. But you should have rummaged around a little longer for one that was a bit shorter. Because <laughs> I think I think the, the humor of the joke wore off about halfway through your eulogy. That's where we differ. Because <laughs> I think it came right back around at the end. <laughs> Yeah, well, you definitely, if you were a comedian, you would tell the aristocrats and every one of your... He's got a very Andy Kaufman behind a lot of his humor. I don't know, and I think Brent does want to entertain the audience. He just wants to entertain himself as well. <laughs> and that's more important at the end. Whereas Andy Kaufman, I don't think gave a shit about well, entertaining it's the audience. probably a good point. At least for yeah. a lot of his career. Um, that's, well, I think that's Brent would always true. want to entertain the audience, yeah. but it would not come at the expense of his own entertainment. <laughs> exactly. So. It's a one for them, one for me mentality. Yeah, at least. <laughs> now, no, no, it's a one asked. for you, then one for them <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Where you're not going to end up in a deficit. Was, was that eulogy for someone specific? Uh, Jan, somebody. Jan, somebody. Uh, yeah. So you're just looking at eulogy. So it wasn't even. I was hoping maybe you would have. I thought it was like, someone famous. Maybe. No, no. Um, I just. I was trying to think of someone from the radio industry that had, was both a runner and. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just googled sample eulogy. Oh, it was the top one. <laughs> so I don't know who this Jan lady was, but sounds like she had woman. a good life. Yeah. Yeah, she did. <laughs> I mean, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, so sorry to derail us with those eulogies, okay. um, but mine too probably took less than Brent's one. <laughs> <laughs> Yours was very nice, so thank you for all it those kind nice. You're welcome. I appreciate that. They're all genuine. So. I did keep a list when I thought you were going to die. Oh, did you? Yeah. Of like, you know, just stuff and everything. I do have that still. I, I was in a pretty bad car accident about five years ago at this point. Um, so scary. that's what that's what Brent is referring to. I was in the hospital for yeah. about a month, but uh, miraculously... Yeah, you know, basically 100% at this point. Yeah. So It is miraculous. But we'll go ahead on with the episode. Yes. <laughs> so we, we left off uh, changing scenes because uh, Dorothy uh, just got like a backhanded comment from uh, Blanche and uh, turned around and said, oh, yeah, and also I would say you're fat. Right. Then we're out of the night now. Sophia's uh, cooking and Blanche and Dorothy are sitting in loungers. Rose comes out and tells them that she's uh, ready to practice her speech now. Uh, she positions the girls, kind of similar to how her family members will likely be sitting at the service, uh, each one standing as a sp- standing in as, as a specific person. Uh, she has Dorothy kind of stay put and act as her Uncle Gunther, asking her to uh, hum because he just does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explains, though, that if he has something uh, important to say, he spells it out in salt, mm-hmm. which... I don't know. I guess he spills salt and traces yeah. his finger in it. Yeah. Yeah. I assume he must not have the ability to speak. Yeah. Um, and so he has to, it just seems like a really odd, odd way to get your, your message across. Notebook may be better. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unless he's quoting a line by the four tops, then he'll spell it out. And they all say together in pepper. Mm. Yeah. Which is kind of racist. Yeah. It was a mildly. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Blanche suggests that uh, she just get on with it. Rose starts uh, strong and then kind of stammers and then gives up. Rose tells him that you know, she started fine, uh, oh, sorry, in front of him because she was comfortable. Mm-hmm. But when she's around her family, they'll, they, she knows they'll be waiting for her to screw up and uh, hoping to laugh and poke fun at her. Yeah, I thought, wasn't that where one of them said the line like, I think it was Sophia said, please, it's family. They know you're an idiot. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> coming up. Yeah, she says that, you know, 
She says, you know, they'll think she's an idiot. And then Sophia speaks up and says, quote, please, it's family. They know you're an idiot, which I think was my favorite line of the, the show. Yeah, I mean, it was harsh, but, uh, but it I was I have another one that I thought was pretty good, too, but I think that was probably my favorite. She decides that, you know, the only way she can make it through is if her two best friends are uh, there by her to support her. She pleads with Blanche and Dorothy to join her on the trip. Uh, and Blanche says that, you know, she'll go if Dorothy will. Rose then turns to Dorothy, begging her, please, while Blanche is behind her signaling, you know, to say no. Right, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Dorothy can't stand to hear her friend sound so miserable, though, and agrees to go ahead and help her out. Rose thanks them both and says she's, you know, going inside to book the plane tickets immediately. Yeah, and of course, you know, we've already learned that, you know, Dorothy supposedly has overcome her fear of flying. Right. You know, but it, it definitely sets the stage for all their fears to well, come together. And she's confused by this because, you know, Dorothy says, didn't her aunt live in Fort Lauderdale? Right. And then Blanche angrily confirms this, but tells her that, you know, she's being buried in the Bahamas where she spent her winters. Yeah, that seems really odd. Now, granted, maybe Rose isn't the only one that doesn't like the woman, or maybe she has a big group of people. I mean, winter is a broad term. I mean, winter could be three months or it could be that she goes down there and spends almost half the year in the Bahamas. Who yeah. knows? And I've been to Fort Lauderdale. It's pretty warm. I think pretty much year round. Yeah. I don't think that you need to go even further <laughs> Bahamas south. Is just, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I definitely would imagine, you know, unless something wildly changes that I'll be buried here. Well, I won't be buried, but cremated mm-hmm. here in Indiana. Um, and I don't know what, I haven't decided if I'm going to request something with my ashes or just, mm-hmm. you know, let the people who survived me Probably decide. put it in your, enemy's eyes yeah <laughs> definitely but I, but I have so many and only so few ashes so but uh i i can't would either of you see yourself getting buried or you know put to rest however you want to put it um in another location than indiana um well i know that if if i do end up being cremated I know that my ashes are not going to end up in Rhode Island, Wyoming, Alaska, <laughs> or Hawaii, unless, of course, I have representation there. Right. <laughs> He's putting his foot down, folks. Exactly. <laughs> if you want a piece of me, you got to listen. <laughs> so is that your guarantee that if you, for every state and country, would you try to have a little bit of you sent around? <laughs> I'm a fat man, but not fat enough to cover all the countries. <laughs> well, no, just the countries that have listened to us. Yeah. I mean, A few grains, you could I mean, totally make it work. You'd only need to have, like, I don't know, between the countries and the states that have listened, like 80, you know, uh-huh. 80 little pieces of... Uh, of Brent. Yeah, yeah, of your ashes. Yeah. I think you could divvy up the ashes into 80 envelopes. Oh, yeah, definitely. You'd probably get 80 dime bags out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's from a man who doesn't even partake <laughs> yeah 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 um but no i mean i think there are there are a few places that if i did end up being cremated i would be okay with my ashes going but that's not how i want to go so see i think about death probably in an inordinate amount for a 42 year old yeah. um i think part of it is just i just think that I don't want to leave behind a burden at all yeah. because I've thought like, okay, well, you know, I love Disney, you know, maybe I know a lot of people do that. Uh, where the, from what I understand, the haunted mansion is, you know, littered with people's ashes. Really? <laughs> yeah. That happens a lot. It's not, it's definitely against the rules, uh-huh. but it still happens quite frequently. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that just get swept up that night? Uh, more like more than likely. Um, now granted, I don't know that depending on how far, if you throw it actually into the scenes, I don't know that they go through and, yeah. physically clean every you yeah. know surface every night but eventually you're yeah. gonna get cleaned up off of the uh-huh. the equipment yeah uh, but then i was thinking like you know even if i wanted something like that 
I don't know that I want to put my family through that ordeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've said before, I'd be fine if you just toss my body in a dumpster mm-hmm. if that's the cheapest, easiest way to get rid of me. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, once I die, what do I care? Yeah. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I don't know what I would request to be done because I just want my body to be disposed of in the cheapest, easiest way possible. Because, yeah. you know, once I'm gone, I'm gone. Yeah. Or, you know, at least from this body. Yeah. So, anyways. Go ahead, Ski. Sorry. No, but so uh, Dorothy thought, you know, hey, we'll just go with you. Yeah. And she finds out that it's going to be in the Bahamas versus mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale. Yep. And so Blanche storms off, kind of lamenting that she's the uh, only has one outfit that's black that isn't see-through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia tells her daughter, you know, she's sure glad she conquered that fear of flying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she reminisces about the time that they had to fly uh, to uh, Uncle Michael's wedding in uh, Arizona. And before boarding, Dorothy threw herself on the ground, kicking and screaming. And we find out also that she was 40 year, 48 years old at the time. Right. Oh, you know what? There was one line that we skipped over. It was actually probably my favorite line of the episode. When Rose is explaining why, part of the reason, you know, her Aunt Gretchen's love of uh, the Bahamas, I mm-hmm. guess. But she says, Aunt Gretchen always loved the sun. And Blanche's response was, well, maybe they'll give her an open casket. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was really funny. Yeah, that was, I think, my favorite actual line of the episode. I think that's coming up. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think oh, okay. it is. Well, sorry, I'm skipping ahead, but that's still my it's favorite quite all right. line. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Uh, Dorothy comments, though, that the, those days are uh, all in the past, and she's quite comfortable on a plane now. Sophia continues that, you know, that's a good thing because they'll likely need to take one of those small planes that uh, wobble and are more susceptible to turbulence. Mm-hmm. She tells Dorothy how proud she is of her and that Dorothy, you know, then Dorothy breaks the facade and grabs onto her mother in fear, begging her not to let them take her on that trip. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ridden in one of those small planes before? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've ridden in a pretty small plane. Um, I, I want to say it was in Colorado, like a connecting type yeah, flight. Yeah, um, too. I, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, it was flying into Denver and then from Denver to Aspen or gotcha. something like yeah. that. So. Yeah. I actually think I took that small plane to the Bahamas. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blanche, yeah, we changed scenes now, though, and Blanche is sitting on the couch uh, reading the paper and checking the web- weather for the services. Kind of see what's coming up on them. Right. Uh, her and Rose are dressed in their kind of funeral garb. Blanche tells her that uh, the weather in the Bahamas will be quite warm and with a gentle breeze. Uh, so they can also get a bit of healthy color. Then that's when Rose comments that her aunt always loved the sunshine. And Blanche responds that maybe she'll have an open casket. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. Mine as well. <laughs> as previously stated. <laughs> So you can't steal my thunder. My thunder was already out there. Oh, I'm well aware of where your thunder lies. <laughs> Down under. <laughs> that was good. Dorothy comes out of her room and uh, regrettably tells the girls that you know she won't be able to join them and that she needs to go tend to Sophia, who had a uh, bad cannoli when she arrived at the cooking competition. As Dorothy is talking about her mother being doubled over with cramps, though, Sophia walks through the front door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy continues the story saying that she's made a most spectacular comeback since, uh, or the most spectacular comeback since Dennis Hopper. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess his career must have taken a dip. Yeah, I guess Prior so. to this. <laughs> For a few years, but he was on his way back up. Right, right. He had had Blue Velvet was um, about three years earlier, and I think Hoosiers had just come out. Mm. When did Roger was- Rabbit come out? Do you know? Because he was in that, right? No, that was Bob Hoskins. Well, I'm thinking of someone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're thinking of Bob Hoskins. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you well, just no, wanted to know to... when Roger Rabbit came out. <laughs> exactly. That was, 80, that was 89. 
that's how he judges all of his entertainment <laughs> is pre and post. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of Dennis Hopper is now. Easy Rider, uh, Blue Velvet, uh, Hoosiers, Speed. Well, who, who was he in? in uh, who was he in Hoosiers though? What? what he was role? the uh, the the drunk father who became the assistant. coach. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, I totally have him mixed up. Sorry. With Bob Hoskins. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, they were both in the Mario Brothers movie together. Okay. So. That was... maybe I don't know. It's yeah. possible. You never know. That's impressive that you know that. So. <laughs> have you seen it? I think I have at some point, yeah. but I definitely don't. Yeah. I have no memory, like no. Bob Hoskins was Mario, right. and Dennis Hopper was the Koopa. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I definitely don't do not have that strong memory of it. Hmm. So. I never saw it. Oh, just but, look it up. No, uh, so there's a video series online about uh, movie pitches. Like it's a pretty humorous one. Mm-hmm. I'll show you guys after the fact mm-hmm. or something. But uh, one of the ones it talks about was the Mario one, and it's pretty hilarious. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll be interested in watching that yeah. later on. So, oh, two things. Um, <laughs> number one, so that movie is what made it canon that Mario's name was Mario Mario. Right. Um, but the second thing is, okay, and this blew my mind the other day, okay, Mario's Mario because they couldn't get the actual rights. Um, so the Donkey Kong, the mm-hmm. game, okay, the reason it ended up being, you know, Donkey Kong and Mario was because in the original version of the game, it was going to be Bluto and Popeye. Oh, okay. Because they thought that that was public domain, uh. but, but it wasn't yet. So they went back and recoded it. So it was a monkey and just a random dude. Huh, interesting. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah I had no idea. That. Yeah. So um, would have changed uh, video game history. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or given. Popeye, a better second career. Right? I don't know. I can't imagine that Popeye would have then ended up becoming the icon of the video game industry. <laughs> so, I think it's probably all for the best. Yeah. But it's pretty interesting, yeah, though. Yeah, Sophia walks through the door, and you know we had the whole thing about Dennis Hopper. Rose yeah. asks if uh, Sophia's all right, and she tells her that she was nearly to completion. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Nearly to the competition. <laughs> she was going to the competition. Right. And realized. She, she gave herself the look. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she realized she forgot some uh, wine, which she always drinks when she's at these types of events. Right. Helps her get there. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly to completion. That was great. <laughs> See, my funniest line is one by accident. <laughs> You guys give yours on ter- on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing how uh, well Sophia is doing, Rose tells Dorothy, you know, whoever called was making the whole thing up. <laughs> I did think that was a funny line. Yeah. Uh, Blanche, however, realized immediately that Dorothy made up the story to avoid taking the flight with them and calls her out on the lie. Dorothy instantly admits it and basically says that she doesn't care and that she's just not going. Rose says that, you know, she'll not be going either if that's the case. And Blanche jumps in and reminds them all that the, uh, the entire event was about defying their fears, which isn't exactly true because the whole event is that someone died. Right, yeah. <laughs> but the, their, their old pep talk was about that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she calls them to task uh, to act as strong, confident women and uh, gets them together and to gather their courage and head out uh, the doors with their chins up, chest out, and buttocks tight. Yeah. She admits that the, the butt part isn't really necessary, but it looks better. Yeah. 
apparently they were not clinching as well as she thought they should be <laughs> as she continues to tell them no, buttocks tight as uh, they keep walking out the door. Right. Uh, she then grabs the suitcase of the door and heads out. Uh, now we change scene again. We're on the plane. We see Blanche is telling Dorothy how proud she is of her for being so calm. Uh, she says nobody would even know that she's scared of flying unless they, you know, happen to notice the bruising on her arm. All right. Uh, that Dorothy is currently clamping onto her arm. Blanche asks if she can hold on to something else for a short time. Dorothy obliges by grabbing Blanche's head. She then clarifies that she meant something like the armrest. Uh, Dorothy uh, releases her just in time for Rose to come up and ask the girls about a big bolt that she found sitting in the aisle. <laughs> Dorothy tells her it belongs with her off the plane just as the uh, crew shuts the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all sit back down and the stewardess, a lady named Candy, who apparently has multiple like visits to the uh, Golden Girls epi- uh, uh, series. Uh, did she? I think she has several. I think IMDb said she, she shows up a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed with her, yeah, she has four episodes of the Golden Girls all together, all those different characters, and uh, Meg Wiley is her name. Um, she has 127 titles to her name, and she seems to be... I recognize her face instantly. Well, the thing that's crazy is she was in so many shows where she was in it in multiple episodes as different characters. It's like every time a show needed an old lady or something like that. She fits the bill, huh? Yeah, because like Night Court, Designing Women, Benson, uh, Days of Our Lives, Emergency, Canon, the FBI, the Virginian, Star Trek, the original series. Mm -hmm. She played three roles on that. It was incredible. how All those shows were things that she had been in multiple episodes (laughs) as different characters in each episode. This is odd, don't you think? And I think she was the original, she was the villain in the first episode that they ended up not airing, like the, first, the oh, original really? pilot. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, for Star Trek, you mean? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I'll let Numi weigh in on that. But. Yeah, maybe, actually, I take that back. For Star Trek, I noted that she was the keeper um, in that, but I don't think she was in multiple episodes of that one. I just noted that one because of Numi. Yeah. So, But still, there was a ton of shows that yeah. she was in more than one episode as a different person in each episode that she was in, so... <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Candy addresses the passengers regarding uh, the safety procedures in case of a, quote, mishap during the flight. Mm -hmm. This term triggers Dorothy uh, to start uh, panicking. But Blanche tells her that she's referring to, you know, a bad movie, cold food or running out of ice. Yeah, she should have said trigger warning, though, beforehand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently that was a different time. Parlance. Yeah. Rose adds, though, you know, running out of gas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, which sends Dorothy into a fit of despair, holding her uh, forehead. Blanche suggests that she drink some champagne to calm her down. Uh, Dorothy says that she doesn't really like champagne, but then quickly downs two glasses. Uh, she says that she doesn't feel any better, and the drinks will only make her burp, and that'll you know change the cabin pressure and cause the uh, plane to fly into a mountain. Yeah, there was a couple of good exchanges in this part. There were several, like this episode had a lot of good, you know, exchanges. Back and forth. Yeah, with a, an excellent reply because she says, "I'll probably burp, and the person in the cabin, the pressure in the cabin will change, and we'll fly into a mountain." And then Rose responds, "That would be a good example of a mishap." <laughs> <laughs> Although I looked it up, neither the uh, Bimini Islands nor the Bahamas have any mountainous elevations. Oh, okay. Which is the direct route from uh, Miami to Bahamas. Mm. So, so they wouldn't. They might run into the ocean, uh, yeah. or into land. But I guess maybe mountain. large hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we don't know what's hillside in the triangle. That's true. We'd <laughs> yeah. be polar bears for all we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy then calmly asked Rose to uh, fasten her seatbelt over her mouth <laughs> after the mishap comment. 
Blanche gets down <laughs> to uh, business, though, and suggests that Rose practice her speech during the flight. Rose starts, starts off by saying that she'll describe Aunt Gretchen as uh, she was in life, and that she was a very rigid person. Dorothy blurts out, especially now. Yeah, that was another one. That, that, that was my favorite also. <laughs> that was a good one, for sure. She apologized and said that you know maybe the champagne did loosen her up a little bit. Just then, Blanche realized that all the men in the plane are bald and reminds the girls of her reoccurring dream, <coughs> explaining that uh, the part she didn't mention before was that they were in a plane that crashed into the ocean. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dorothy tries to calm Blanche by explaining that it's only coincidence. Candy then addresses the passengers again, asking everyone to buckle up in preparation for takeoff. Uh, she also makes a request that if anyone found a large bolt, to return it to her as it is part of the... The beverage cart. Yes, the beverage cart, which she says in a very uh, highly non-convincing way. Right. Blanche continues to worry that her dream is coming true, but the girls remind her that she has not heard the voice of God yet, as it was in her uh, dream. Mm. However, as soon as they say that, Captain Lord... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I enjoyed that little gag. ...speaks over the intercom, telling the passengers to enjoy the flight. Yeah. And we change scene again, uh, but now we're still on the plane during the flight... Rose starts to talk to Dorothy, who quickly reminds her not to talk as it shakes the plane. (laughs) Rose continues anyway, saying that if Blanche's dream really is coming true and they all go down, uh, she's happy to be with her friends. Blanche agrees that they've had some really great times together, like huddling together when the power went out in a hurricane. Uh, Dorothy chips in, remembering that Rose admitted that Charlie was the only man she'd ever been with, Well, I guess at that point. Rose says, you know, back to Dorothy that, you know, she admitted that Stan had been the only man she'd slept with again at that point. Mm-hmm. Blanche adds that uh, she admitted also that her shoe size was actually five and a half. <laughs> Very brave. Uh, they all join hands, wishing out loud that they'd wished that they had just more time together. However, Dorothy kind of uh, catches herself in the absurdity of the moment, pointing out that the flights went perfectly smooth, no problems at all. Captain Lord then speaks to the travelers again. Uh, stating that if they were flying straight towards a tropical storm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girls begin to panic when the captain continues, saying that they will uh, have to turn around back to Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche celebrates you know, that the dream is broken because that did not happen in her dream and that they're all going to be safe. Rose, uh, however, laments that uh, she never got to you know, face her fear like the other girls did. Mm-hmm. Blanche tells her that uh, you know, to get up now and give it to the passengers on the plane. Uh, Rose is hesitant, but decides to go for it. She grabs the intercom mic and speaks to the group, going a bit off script. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she tells them that her aunt, you know, scared her with some very odd behaviors in life. But she realized that her aunt Gretchen and her uh, friends also ultimately both help her uh, to not be scared. Uh, just then, Candy comes out and grabs the mic from Rose and tells her to go sit back down. Then Captain Lord chimes in with a small plane joke. That if everyone looks out the left side of the aircraft, dot, 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 it'll tip over. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun, that was Captain Lord's best part of the episode for Definitely. sure. Um, I was wondering, like, flight attendant Candy must have been taking a dump or something because <laughs> Rose was able to get on there and yeah, get through her the entire eulogy. Line. Yeah, she's on there for at least, you know, a minute. Um, <laughs> tell and it's a small plane. Where would she yeah, be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be different if it was like a, you know, 747 and she had to come from the back hallway yeah, to the front. Yeah, it, it wasn't even a door that she came out. It was a, a freaking, uh, like, yeah. little yeah, curtain, curtain, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, she is an older lady, so maybe. maybe she was napping. Could be. <laughs> 
it seemed like I get that it was a small plane, mm-hmm. but just from the layout of the interior, it was large. It, it seemed like it was wider than it was. Yeah, <laughs> deep. Probably like have been a saucer, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had like three rows and two yeah. aisles, and yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, small uh, planes were like one small aisle and yeah. maybe one or two seats on either side. Yeah, I mean, literally, like there were more people. You know, sitting in rows and there were columns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we took a relatively small plane not too long back from New Jersey to uh-huh. Indy. And it was, like you described, it was two and one for, yeah, exactly. for most of the plane. Um, now, granted, I've been on smaller planes like that <laughs> one we discussed earlier. Yeah. But yeah, certainly it would be narrower <laughs> yeah. either way you go. Exactly. So. Maybe they're also transporting uh, like animals or a lot of cargo. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, then when girls arrive back home and Sophia is shocked to see them back so soon, they explain that you know they had to return home due to the storm. Blanche tells her about the uh, the plane full of bald men and Rose comments that they were all former Mr. Cleans on their way to a reunion in the Bahamas. Dorothy asks about the cooking competition, you know, how it went. Sophia explains, you know, that came down to her and Luis Polito, I think it was, uh, yeah. or Polito, yeah, a 103-year-old lady that often brags about how she is Al Capone's piano teacher. <laughs> it was a tie, though. It went down to sudden death. By this, she means that Luis couldn't handle the excitement and died. Yeah. yeah. And the funeral's on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how sudden death works. Do they have to like suddenly make a second lasagna or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you would assume that you have your ingredients with you and all that mm-hmm. that you're going to use to make your, your dish. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's a baking show yeah. where they have you know, a refrigerator full of other options to yeah. choose from. So yeah, well, then, not... And then back in the whole episode, Sophia was baking different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that she was going to submit all of them or just... Pick out which one she liked right. the best. Yeah, I thought she was just trying to find the one that was the best. I thought so, too. Yeah. So I guess maybe it could have been several, though. Well, I guess in fairness, though, Sophia just says it was a tie, and then it went. It was sudden death. So it could be that uh, it was she wasn't referring to any kind of a bake-off that would happen afterwards. Gotcha. It was just, it was just a tie. <laughs> the woman got excited. She died. And so then Sophia was declared the winner by yeah. default. <laughs> so. It seems like she would still. It would still would have been a tie. Like yeah, you're going to disqualify somebody because they died <laughs> after the fact. Well, perhaps there's some sort of uh, duties that the person has to perform throughout uh, the year, so they need a you know warm exactly. body <laughs> to do those. Yeah. Well, uh, Rose speaks up, saying how terrible all that is, and Sophia snaps back, staying, uh, staring at Rose, saying that you think that's bad. Guess who I volunteered to give the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Rose's eyes get really big, and the other girls smile and chuckle, and yeah. that's the end. Yeah, overall, a fun episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, who is your uh, MVP for that one, Ski? I gave it to Blanche. Uh, despite a period of uh, weakness on the plane, I thought she mostly acted as a driving force towards facing your fears. Yeah, I actually I, I thought that she, she gave a lot of those good retorts that I was uh, speaking mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid Blanche episode, and yeah. I didn't think that anybody else like really outshined her in it. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with Blanche as well. Um, both her sort of double take at the beginning when she didn't know if Dorothy was insulting her or right. not. <laughs> and then just um, her laughter when Dorothy stood up and she imagined her naked. Yeah, yeah that, was, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, oh, yeah, we did have a couple other guest stars to mention on that one, too. You know, Meg Wiley, we already talked about as the yeah. stewardess. 
There's also Paul Ross. He was Captain Lord. Um, eight titles to his name. Mostly a radio presenter, journalist, and media personality, though. Uh, and uh, actually, I guess those are our only two yeah. guests in that particular episode. I mean, obviously all the bald men, but none of them were credited. Yeah. yeah. So. so then uh, how many slices of cheesecake did this one get for you, Ski? I gave it a five. I thought it was a good episode. and had some pretty funny lines, but nothing overly spectacular. And that uh, I, felt, I felt like this one had uh, too little Sophia. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, how about you, Brent? How many slices for you? Yeah, I'd go with five as well. You know, it was a solid, you know, it was a double. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think it's a clean sweep then. So we got three blanches, three fives. I don't know if that's ever happened before that we've I had. I don't know that it has either. But I'll switch it to candy and <laughs> seven and a half if you want. <laughs> no, no I, I, I'm totally fine. I feel like if it's a clean sweep, then it's a really good solid rating. If you're going <laughs> to okay. give it to anyone, give it to, to Trish, right? Who's Trish? Isn't that her name? Yeah. The, the fan? Oh, yeah, Ari, Trisha P. Tr- yeah. <laughs> well, he, he did say Trish, so yeah. in fairness. Had you said Trisha P, then he probably would have known exactly. immediately. Exactly. So. You know? <laughs> yeah, Trisha P. I'd give her the MVP, the VIP. <laughs> uh, so. so with that, you know, a, a clean sweep for this episode on fives. Certainly not going to be competing for uh, for the best episode, but, but definitely. Kind of a cool a, asterisk. Yeah. yeah. And it was a solid, fun episode. I would recommend I, like I said, there's only been one episode I wouldn't recommend to anybody at this point. Um, so. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, eulogy from Brent. Uh, <laughs> stay golden, Coco. Here lies a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> True words. Uh, no, wait a second. My mom's a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a peach. She's no Dorothy Mancow. <laughs> my Dorth, my, my mom could pick Dorothy Mancow to shame. She could. And it's not she Mancow, it's Mantooth, damn well, it. Mantooth, that's right. <laughs> he got us all yeah. jacked up. Yeah, regardless, it makes me sad that Amy and Julie are no longer listening. Uh, I think they catch an episode here and there. Okay. But it's certainly not. They're... They have not listened to 52, for sure. Oh, okay. but. I'm going to slide into their DMs and tell them episode 25 <laughs> is golden. <laughs> I don't like the idea of you sliding into my family's DMs. <laughs> they can come to the conclusion on their own. They don't need your help to push them along. Okay. So, but I'm going to go ahead and say, say again, stay golden, Coco. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.